It's week 24 of 2018, and this week it's a little Microsoft-heavy in our news. We talk about some new features in Office coming out, as well as how they determine what vulnerabilities need to be patched. That and plenty of other stories coming up on the TechNado, starting right now. Hello and welcome to the TechNado. It is week 24 of 2018. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I'm joined today by, again, not Don Pizet, uh, who is off gallivanting around the world. But, you know, we've upgraded, and we have Mr. Daniel Lowry, who last time I saw you, we were in front of the Full House house out we in were, uh, San yeah. Francisco. That was pretty exciting. Time. This is not as, this is not as that. great. It's not as cool as being on a historic landmark, such as the Painted Ladies <laughs> in San Francisco. But... It's a pretty cool office. I mean, Don's got some neat stuff in here. But. I like of all the uh, his- history in San Francisco. That's a <laughs> historic right. landmark. Yeah. I yeah. didn't Alcatraz, see the sign. Uh, I, I didn't see Wharf, the that. official yeah. history sign, but uh, uh, apparently I'm it was. Put it up next week. So. Well, we have a lot to get to this week, and um, I know a lot of Microsoft news. We've got uh, still some follow-ups uh, on Apple from Worldwide Developer Conference, but uh, let's jump right into the news today, and the first story we have is about neither of those things. Uh, (laughs) It's about Intel. Uh, This is from Tom's Hardware. So Intel says, we forgot, and there's quotes there, to mention our 28-core 5 gigahertz uh, CPU demo was overclocked. So, uh, Daniel, what does that mean when we say overclocked? I know about cars and things. Yeah, so what that means is basically that they were able to push the CPU beyond its normal capabilities to tell it. There's there's basically a multiplier on the the board that tells it how fast to run. If you increase the multiplier, well, it's going to increase the speed of the CPU. So that's what they've done. Now, the problem with doing that is it generates a ton of heat. So the problem is with heat by overclocking your CPUs. Now, people have gotten away with doing this by uh, various mechanisms. I've seen as far as people putting plumber's putty around the CPU and a styrofoam cup and filling it up with liquid oxygen because you can easily get that as a like a duster or whatever. That's what's oh, inside yeah, of yeah. there. It gets really, really super cold. So you can super overclock it for a very short amount of time just to see what the theoretical possibilities are. But typically, if you want to overclock, gamers do this a lot, um, they will use a water-cooled or liquid-cooled unit of some sort to keep the CPU cool, allowing them to overclock it without burning the chip out. So so basically what we're saying here is in this demo that they showed, well, wow, look at these great specs we have. Uh, they they were getting specs that are not realistic specs that you can ex- expect to get at home without right. exploding your, right. your computer. Now, as I read the article, and this is why the term forgot is in air or quotes, <laughs> literally yeah. in air quotes here, um, that was, it was a scripted um, presentation. And the person in their haste of showing how cool their new CPU was forgot to use the word overclocked, ah. right? They just skipped over. Now, as someone who is on camera and has a set of notes next to him, things I want to say on camera, I can understand that can happen, which is why they are, again, quoting it and not... There's there's reasonable doubt to say that they could have just forgotten to use that terminology, sure. uh, but they could have also just um, conveniently forgotten to use that term to hype it up. It's unlikely they would do that because it's it's going to be figured out pretty quickly as it was uh, based off of the visual aspects of what was going on in the video. Well, it makes me now have to rethink my entire crypto mining rig that I was oh, building, yeah. uh, that, which would have been based off of this. So uh, now I'm going to have to oh, yeah, yeah. really go back to the... It's still GPUs yeah. all, all day long. I so. guess so. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, our next story here. This one is on Reuters. Um, U.S. sanctions Russians over military and intelligence hacking. So this one I've wondered about because we keep talking about, or you see in the news, oh, this this hack came out of Russia, state-sponsored, or this hack came out of here and was state-sponsored. But, you know, are we are we hitting back or, or what are we doing? So I guess this is kind of our way to hit back. It's a, Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a way to hit back to say, hey, don't do business with Russian-based commerce sites and and that kind of thing. I, I think it harkened back to when we had sanctions on Cuba mm-hmm. for, you know, being a part of, you know, the <laughs> Russia. Bad yeah, you know, stuff. trying yeah. to put missiles uh, yeah. 90 miles away from us that would blow us all to hell. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, <laughs> so same kind of idea here where we say, hey, you know what, we're just going to stop using you as a resource and seeing you as any kind of friendly, and we're going to make that delineation by, by cutting off 
as many ties as we can through sanctions. Um, it, it, it is a powerful mechanism for letting people know you're angry at them. Yeah, and I think they're specifically, you know, sanctioning some of the companies or the uh, the people that were directly involved yeah. um, with these things, which is, oh, wait, my, my Kaspersky uh, has, has shut down this whole website now, so I can't get oh, any of the, oh, the yeah. news about That's that. That's bad. odd. But, uh, but, yeah, I think this is something we'll continue to see and, and uh, be interesting what, to see the reaction. Is, is in from what I saw was that uh, Trump wanted Russia to come back to the G8 summit or the G7. Yeah. yeah. And one said they would be very important to have back in. So it's it's weird. I don't know. We're, we're sanctioning them, yet we're saying it would be important to have them back as, as a collaborator in some way, shape, or form. Collaborator. That's hey. a good term. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just convenient. Not Already collusion. Yeah. <laughs> Collude, no collusion. It's a witch hunt. Uh, moving on to moving another on. sensitive topic that... Uh, that we, uh, you know, shouldn't get too deep into. Oh, yeah. Uh, this this article on CNET, uh, net neutrality is really officially dead. Now what? And, um, you know, to, for those that, that don't know what, what happened recently, basically uh, there wasn't a new law passed or anything. It was, it was basically that the FCC said we're not renewing um, these protections uh, that, that were put in place in the past. So Plus they're uh, transferring the, like, oversight to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um I don't understand that, but that that's that's part of it. Yeah. So now, so those those uh, rules that were in place basically to stop um, companies from you know throttling or um, you know giving priority access or those right. kinds of things are are now not in place. So it's not like something happened uh, where someone started right. offering those services right away, but it's something that now could, could be happen, offered. And theoretically. So, and yes. geez, with uh, that merger they're talking about, which I guess isn't finalized now because there's uh, new players in it, but. You know, between Comcast, uh, Fox, um, who else was involved? I can't remember the third company now, but uh, or AT and T. Yeah, uh, AT and T. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's all going to be one company soon anyway. <laughs> so what does what does it really matter? You're going to yeah. give the AT and T. Yeah, you go to the internet. Yeah. It is the internet, and there's no other way to get to it other than the ISP. They should just call it that, the ISP. Yeah, and this is one I, I don't think. Uh, well, we certainly haven't seen the the last of because I know. Like California, for example, was was already um, talking about their own net neutrality regulations. So um, it's going to be so coming down to state law. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to be the same kind of thing you have with your 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 mattress, where you've got in the tag. It's also and this doesn't meet California standards for X Y Z. So um, or you're going to see a lot of services. This service not available in California because exactly uh, they don't let us <laughs> throttle your internet. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> I'm not touching it. It's You're not touching it's plutonium. It? Okay. Well. Yeah, there's it's a very heated debate, and there are strong opinions on the minutia of how this is going to look ultimately. And You're in the pocket of big telecom, aren't you? Uh, I'm not in the pocket of anybody. I'm in the pocket of I ain't touching it. Daniel takes money. With a ten foot pole. Uh uh-uh, uh. Calling uh-uh. you out. I'm not calling. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not taking a stance. I'm <laughs> Switzerland in this business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck getting there yeah. without the internet. Um, all right, uh, my my favorite URL uh, for this week uh, goes to this one, which is www.omgubuntu.co.uk, which uh, rolls right off the tongue. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't uh, it? America, why are we reading this about America? Uh, right, why are we reading about this on a UK site? Uh, America <laughs> unveils the world's fastest supercomputer, and yes, it runs Linux. Because I'm sure that was what the question that you were asking. So. This thing is huge. It is. It is impressive. IBM jumping out here with the. So China apparently held the title uh, up until IBM now released Summit, the all new two hundred million dollar supercomputer of amazement, and boy is it quick. Uh, they have some specs in here, I think, where they talk about how crazy fast it is. It's twice the speed of China's Sunway, previous. It's over forty six hundred compute nodes. Yes. Each node made up of two X twenty two core IBM Power Nine CPUs and six X NVIDIA Tesla V one hundred accelerators. <laughs> Here's how many. C- if you crunch the numbers in those stats, you'll learn that Summit's overall CPU core and GPU count stands thus: nine thousand two hundred sixteen IBM Power Nine CPUs, two hundred two thousand seven hundred fifty two Power Nine cores, and twenty seven thousand six hundred forty eight NVIDIA Volta. NVIDIA. I'm sorry. Volta GPUs. That's why we have. Uh, it's not. It's not the crypto mining problem. They've been building this supercomputer. I see. Yeah. Now we're out of GPUs. Right. They, there's, there's a shortage. Them all in this well, thing. Here's my question about something like this. And, yeah. and you know, tell me if you can can answer this. But how is this 
considered a supercomputer and not just a bunch of different computers networked together? So it is a bunch of computers networked together, but they share. So they have a mechanism that distributes uh, parts of the processing throughout the different actual systems. So it's almost like a cloud. You're, a con, a con, you're so spreading yeah, out you, the You could load. do this through a cloud. That's exactly right. You're taking a little bit of the, the stuff you need to compute, and you give it to this computer. Taking a little bit, give it to that computer. You can take a little bit, give it to that computer. Okay. It does its business, returns the result, and all comes back into one interface that you can get the results from. So and the results are, a quote, uh, a task that would take a desktop PC 30 years to complete can be done in one minute using Summit. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. I want to see Summit versus Watson on Jeopardy. <laughs> or play chess. Yeah, I don't know if they'll, yeah. they'll play chess. I, I wonder know. if Summit talks, because I, I remember hearing that the Watson, you know, you see those commercials. Yeah. It didn't apparently talk. Yeah. And then the marketing team came out with these commercials where yeah, it talks. They're like, so everyone comes now. They're like, how did make it talk? And they're yeah. like, it, it doesn't really talk. It doesn't talk. Well, then they had Deep Blue. I think Deep Blue was the one that beat. Um, oh, was that the the yeah. chess one? Yeah, the chess one. Okay. So well, IBM's but, been doing this for a while. Yeah, they. Uh, and, it's not their first rodeo. And apparently now China's in the running as well, but uh, they'll. I'm sure they're working on the next one. Yeah. Knowing yeah. that uh, China is working on the next one. Peak and, performance of 27. Petaflops. That's a made-up word. That's Titan. That's the former U.S. one. This one is 200 petaflops. <laughs> That's insane. I thought you got arrested. For, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, we've got a long list of Microsoft uh, content to get to today. It's it's Microsoft Week, uh, which yeah, you know really is deserving because we had Apple um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but there's been a lot of stories this week about Microsoft Office. Uh, Microsoft Office is getting a simpler, cleaner look. And I remember, what was it, tw uh, Office 2012 or 2016 when the ribbon came out? And 2007, uh, I thought. And it, and it got it got busier, but it also well, you know, they it, were it was in a paradigm shift. Yeah, from what people were used to before that, it was like. Everyone was up in arms. What is this garbage? And now, of course, it's the de facto standard. Everybody's like, I just love my ribbon. Where's my ribbon? What have you done with the ribbon? You know, you move anything, people get crazy. Um, but now they're looking for a cleaner look. You know, they want it to not be so jumbled messy. Yeah, they're saying the updated ribbon. Um, so it's basically they're they're still using that um, that format, that formula, but uh, really just cleaner. simplifying yeah. it. Yeah. But it looks pretty cool. It does. And, and you know, I think when you when you look at a lot of things in um, in Office, it's intimidating, and you <laughs> think, "Gosh, I I thought I knew Excel, but I don't know what half these buttons even mean." So my guess is these things are all still there. They're just kind of hidden in different menus. Yeah, that you've got to go find yeah, them. That's exactly right. Now, all the stuff you once knew is now ancient history, other than the concepts of how it works. Now you have to relearn where to find everything, which is a just a battle of frustration and and anger so just be prepared for that and a lot of times it's just they do this stuff they say oh we want to make it cleaner so that you can go and buy and you know have to do training and learn new stuff and requalify your skills you've already proven six times over and pay us some more money now is this all office 365 stuff because i'm looking at these uh well, okay, it says the, the company announced Wednesday it will be rolling out subtle changes to the office.com and Office 365 app designs, um, which honestly is kind of where it's all going. I think, yeah. you know, it, that's what they want you to yeah, do. Yeah, by the, by the next release, there probably won't be a, um, you know, one that you can put on your machine as much <laughs> yeah. as just a subscription. Um, but that's uh, and really, what they're showing here in these images. You, that, that's really the way to go, in my yeah. opinion, just because I don't have to install anything. I don't have to deal with license keys. I don't have to deal with any of that junk that, that comes along with installing a client and making sure it's patched and updated, it's all done by Microsoft. I just log in and enjoy it. And from a help desk perspective, I mean, think about taking away all that install uh, headache of going and installing these on all these different machines. Think about the storage that you're saving on right. the machine um, with not only the, the application itself, but then all the files. If that's all in the cloud, then yeah. you know that you're saving money as a company. Uh, with I, I can give I, you a Chromebook, so, and you so can do all these mom, things now. My mom, like I don't know, a couple months ago, she was starting a new job. She's like, "I need to buy a laptop. What should I get?" I go, "What are you doing?" Well, I you know I got to do some some document stuff, and and I go, "Just go buy bills. a Chromebook. Yeah. I, everything's in the cloud now." She's like, "Well, what what if?" What if I have to do my banking or something? Go, that's done through a web portal. Yeah. It's a cloud service. You just 
log in. So yeah, if you basically ask, well, what programs do you have? Well, I, I use Chrome. Yeah. <laughs> I use Chrome. Exactly. Well, okay, you should be fine. The yeah. Office 365 account. Yeah. Okay. There you go. With that. You yeah. Know, that's that's the way you should go. Yeah. And to, Unless you need it, like I have to run virtual machines for you know what we do. So I need storage. I need you know some hardware that will run some some more intense pro- uh, programs. But if I didn't, I, I literally would just use a Chromebook all the time. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, and the next article we have is from Cult of Mac, which uh, I'm sure is completely unbiased. Uh, <laughs> Cult of Mac. Microsoft Office 2019 for Mac previews, uh, improved inking features, and more. And uh, and inking. Inking. Boy, that's we were discussing what the that. kids are doing yeah, these days, right? What, what What is that, Daniel? I have no clue. <laughs> I have yet to find. I like asking I you a question not, that, that I know you don't know the answer yeah, to. Because yeah. We were discussing before, and what, what are we talking about with like, inking? It, it talks about how it looks... And some of the things, uh, new features include a roaming pencil case and ribbon customizations in all these Office apps. There's a focus mode coming in Word, which Excel is getting, uh, or while Excel is getting new charts and functions, including Concat, TextJoin, IFS, and Switch. It's about time. It's about time. I have no idea what those things are. <laughs> I don't use Excel. I just uh, clicked over to the the, uh, the FAQ page on Office 2019. Oh, yeah. It was a good And I, I uh, did a little control F for inking. Uh, zero results. <laughs> zero results. So um, we're going to – that's your homework, everyone, uh, for this week is learn learn more about inking and, you know, tell us what you found Yeah. Uh, over on – on our Facebook page uh, for IT Pro uh, TV, hey, or anything like that. We want to know what you think about inking and what you think it is. Yeah. How we does know inking what we think it your is. life? So, yeah, it ruins lives. Hey, I'm a total noob when it comes to inking. Apparently, yeah. I mean, uh, I've just never heard the term. I'm, I'm an inker. Yeah, <laughs> always been an inker. Uh, well, apparently, all the focus that Microsoft has been putting into these new Office updates, uh, they've been able to do that because they're not focusing any more support on Windows Seven and Windows 8.1 in forums. I'm not sure how much time they're really oh, taking do, to do, do that. Do you hear that? What's that? It's the collective sigh of the <laughs> enterprise world oh. out there. What do you mean you're taking away my, my <laughs> Windows 7 and 8.1? We're not taking it away, but they are not going to be offering support for it in the forums. So in the Microsoft forums, if you go there for help, they're going to go, sorry, we don't support that here any longer. There's a few other things they talked about not just 7 uh, and 8.1, but uh, on the software front, the company says it will no longer support, uh, provide support for Microsoft Security Essentials, IE10, Office 2010 and 13, as of July. And it is not just software that is affected. Microsoft is also stopping support for Surface Pro, Surface Pro 2, Surface RT, Surface 2, Microsoft Band, and Zune. They're just stopping the Zune now. Like, you got to give them credit what? on that, that the Zune had any kind of support up to whenever they stop it here, either now or, or soon. Well, that's here, that's impressive. Here's the that's truth. hanging on to, to hope. Zoom right doesn't there. need support because <laughs> no one has one. No, because it's perfect. Oh, I think Adam has one. Does he still? I have think one? he does. Oh, yeah. we've got to get that in here yeah. and see if uh, if we can play with that. He's little like, bit. it's I a good player. Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> I had a Zoom. Uh, did you? you had yeah. A well, I, there was a point where uh, in my in my old job, I was uh, doing a lot of work with Microsoft, so I was gotcha. going out there a lot. Um, so I actually had a Windows phone for a little bit too, because if you, I mean, if you ha- were in a meeting at that point and you had an yeah. iPhone up on the desk, they were mad at I you. I thought you just found them by the garbage <laughs> yeah. in a Ooh, pile. Ooh, look at this. <laughs> hey, some free yeah. Zunes and uh, Windows What does this do? Yeah. <laughs> Grab a couple uh, of those. Yeah, so I, they're holding all my doors open yeah, at home. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, that table keeps from wobbling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the Zune is, uh, is no longer being supported yeah. there. So that's, what, what was banned? I don't know that. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I Microsoft wasn't, um, Band familiar with that one. I, I have a. I have a. Oh, Surface you know, Pro but Band Two too. apparently works. Oh, thank uh, you. They, they want you to go to Band Two. Oh, so. Now I'm going to look this up. Microsoft yeah, yeah. Here it is. Band. Uh, band owners are encouraged to look to the Microsoft ah, Band Two watch. forums. A smartwatch and oh, activity fitness in tracker. I'm thinking it's like a Garage Band competitor over here. <laughs> Microsoft Band. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a MIDI player. No, gotcha. It is a fitness band. So, oh, well, that makes sense. There you go. Who doesn't like a good smartwatch, right? Well, yeah. Uh, all right, next. Uh, next. Uh, this is uh, an interesting story on Slashdot, and actually kind of paves the way for our next couple of stories, too. Uh, Microsoft explains how it decides whether a vulnerability will be patched swiftly or left for a version update. I mean, that's got to be an interesting uh, conversation that goes on every time something's uh, told to them because they've got to kind of weigh the, well, what's the impact? How many people is this affecting? Is this affecting two people or two million people? And uh, 
how how intrusive will the patch be? Like you have something like Spectre Meltdown right, yeah. versus, you know, that's probably needs thing. to come out pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah well, it says that the criteria revolve around two key questions, and I'll, I'll highlight this for you here. Um, does the vulnerability violate a promise made by a security boundary or a security feature that Microsoft has committed to defending? And does the severity of the problem, or I'm sorry, severity of the vulnerability meet the bar for servicing? If the answer to both questions is yes, the bug will be patched with a security update. If the answer to both is no, the vulnerability will be considered for the next version or release of the affected product or feature. I wonder where it falls if it's just, if one is yes and the other is no. They don't go into clarifying that. Hmm. They just give you two they like, ultimates. They uh, have to both turn their keys. Yes, yes. And so that's, separation that's of That's my assumption, yeah. Dual key functionality. <laughs> well, apparently uh, this last week, 50 things met those criteria. <laughs> Uh, so our next article over from ZDNet, uh, Windows 10 black screen problems fixed uh, as Microsoft patches 50 security flaws. So, yeah, 50 security flaws. But uh, the, the black screen issue was uh, people booting up and just booting up to a black screen, yeah. which is go. not what you want. No, typically that is not the user experience you're looking to uh, have for your customers. But apparently some people were getting that very experience. And I'd rather have the blue odd, screen. Oddly <laughs> enough, they were complaining about this. Yeah. I mean... I wonder where they went to complain. <laughs> yeah, not, computer doesn't work. Yeah, They're at the a, local library. Yeah. Dear. <laughs> I wrote a letter. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Gates. That's Gates. <laughs> He's like, I don't even do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, you get my address. I'm like a philanthropist at this point. You guys are still yelling at me like it's my fault. Yeah, that was happening in uh, Windows 10 version uh, 1803. 1803. So, um, uh, or the Windows 10 April 2018 update. Oh, fantastic! Yes, that's yeah. Keep what I mind. call it, what I what I tend to call it there. Um, but yeah, so there were uh, eleven critical flaws, thirty nine flaws rated as important that are fixed. So, it kind of goes back to that previous article. That's kind of how that decision is made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's critical flaws, uh, yeah, we need we, to get in there right away. They apparently found some real issues going on with their software, and uh, well, good on them for actually owning up to that and putting out the patches. I mean, really, that's all they can do. You got to be. Honest, it's it's a huge code base. Yeah. So there are going to be security flaws. There's only X amount of developers that work at Microsoft that are able to look and find these things, and people that uh, you know are joined in through beta programs and other uh, odds and ends like that to help with the effort of security. So they, they do the best they can. They got Patch Tuesday that comes around every Tuesday. They release security flaws. I mean, as soon as they know about it, and they get a patch fixed. It's out there, and it's and then it becomes our duty as administrators to get it installed, get our systems patched, and keep ourselves secure. So I think Microsoft is doing their due diligence when it comes to these type of things. Um, really, at the end of the day, when you talk about security breaches, most of the time it's because admins weren't doing their due diligence for whatever reason. They might have good reason to not install a patch, but they, they've, they've decided to accept that risk for not doing it and, and leave themselves vulnerable. So just to clarify, um, I'm on a I'm on a, uh, a Mac here. Yeah, I'm supposed to install those patches. Yes, when when patches come your way, they're typically for good reason. Um, there are some that are optional, but if it says anything like critical or security, you probably want to install that. And when I say probably, I mean always. Um. <laughs> I saw I saw a post the other day that said. Uh, adulting is just clicking remind me tomorrow again until you die. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm guilty of this. From okay. like, yeah. I've got 10,000 things. I'm in the middle right of now. something. Yeah. Uh, I've got to, I've got to push this off, but I typically try to have a scheduled time where I say, you know what? It's time to install some updates. Patch Tuesdays. Yes. I make my own patch Tuesday. <laughs> I am running a Mac as well, but I also have Linux. Yeah. Um, with Linux, it's, it's kind of easy. I just, I just open my Linux box and I say sudo apt update and and sudo upgrade and smart it's done well it, it's, typically you don't have to reboot with linux for it's a lot better updates. than it was uh, when i when i used to be on a pc where it would just say nope we're installing the updates now yeah. i don't care what you're in the middle of you're doing a presentation <laughs> my, really? one of my favorite jack black quotes now this is happening <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, I remember I, I was doing a uh, getting ready for a webinar one time, and it was like three minutes before it starts. Oh, it's yeah. like, we're updating your PC. Well, when I worked Hello. on a help desk, people would always blame anything that went wrong with their computer. Well, I think it updated last night, so that's the problem. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, no, we actually perform tests on these things before we release them to production. They, we have a test yeah. bed. 
for the so it, it's probably not that. It could be. Don't get me wrong. It does happen where updates do break things instead <laughs> of fix things, or they fix the things they're supposed to fix and break new things. So sure. there's there is that does happen, but by and large, updates fix things. Yeah. They keep you safe. You should, for the most part, be installing them. Definitely. When in doubt, install. Well, I love I love this uh, this headline on the register. Uh, it says Talos says here's a serious Windows bug, and Microsoft says chill. It's not that serious. <laughs> so this goes again I back mean, to that article from Slashdot of yeah. Uh, you know they're they're looking at things in a in a bigger picture, saying um, you know here's a here's what's a security flaw, and here's what is a hey that would be nice to fix. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I didn't actually get a chance to read this article, so I'm, I'm, let's see here. Microsoft's aware of the vulnerability. It says that they um, appears to have gone public because it feels Microsoft isn't taking things seriously. What's the giant differ on urgency to fix for exploitable WIM file headers? Well, that doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good at all. But Windows uses the WIMGAPI DLL to work on WIM files, which uses a proprietary disk image format designed to simplify Windows deployments. If an attacker creates a specially crafted WIM file, they could be able to execute malicious code with the same access rights as the logged-in user or just crash the system with a denial of service attack. Talos. Got to love that Talos. They've got some great stuff when they do write-ups, man. The detail is definitely there. So when it says provides extra detail here, I guarantee there's extra detail there. Well, thank you for joining us in this week of Daniel Reed's articles to you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm reading it for myself. I want to know what's up with We're learning together. Here but, on the uh, it's got a CVSS score of 8.8. That seems pretty bad. Well, uh, out chill. of 10, that's out of 10. Chill. I, that does fall under the high category. I, I hope that there was an actual quote from Microsoft. Saying, yeah. Chill. So Microsoft, on the other hand, scored it as a 7.3 with a base and temporal 6.6. Well, so, which is scary. A 7.3 so that's, isn't that's enough moderate. to batch. Yeah, yeah, so that's moderate now. So it's not like high or critical. Um, so their so their their answer is to go, oh, man. Yeah, if you score it normally, it's it's eight point eight. <laughs> but if you do it this way, it's it's a whole lot less worse. So, well, there you go. If, if you don't like the parameters, you change them. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're Microsoft. We change the rules. Yeah. Uh, well, our last Microsoft story for the day, uh, here's one from Fast Company. I thought this one was just pretty neat. Oh, this uh, is cool. Microsoft is using AI to cut the cloud's electric bill. Uh, I think part of this is because they're now sinking their data centers into the ocean, uh, which is helping keep True them story. cool. Yeah, <laughs> we, we talked about it last week in, uh, with Wes here, yeah. Crazy. Um, which is so cool. And, and in terms of keeping the data center cool, you know. The, the, I'm thinking that. about the future here, like... When we're all using deep sea submersibles sure. and they have to now we have to traverse a bunch of wires that are coming yeah. up to them. Well, what I was saying is I feel for the guy that had to be sunk down there with it because uh, I'm sure there's a tech yeah. in there. I mean, what happens when you got to reboot the thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it. You call that guy up. Yeah. Um, but it's like the abyss. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, the, not to give away um, the the whole article here, but Microsoft cloud services say they're ninety three percent more energy efficient and up to ninety eight percent more carbon efficient than traditional enterprise data centers. So uh, this is a little bit more than just turning off the lights uh, when you're the last one out of the room. Um, you know, using AI, they're able to I guess ramp up and down things that um, that they need to throughout the day and uh, figure out. You know when the the load is highest and when they need to power up and and they're able to power down those other times and uh, that's that's pretty impressive. If uh, you know as more more things move to the cloud, think about if you had one uh, you know uh, cloud versus uh, ten different companies with their own data centers mm-hmm. who are not using this. Uh, that, that's going to have a pretty big impact in the yeah. long run. I like how it talked about AWS and how. Uh, they're attempting to do the exact same thing, is mm-hmm. to, to to be as energy efficient as possible. But what was interesting, let me see if I can find the the area that it talks about AWS doing this. Um, it says that it hopes by the end of 2017 to have it down to 50% or 50% more efficient. And I'm like, uh, this article was written <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, so I think they got to, uh, if they did, here it is right here. Amazon announced a commitment to get that number, which is, um, 40% of the power needed is down, uh, to, or, or that's what it's using. It uses uh, wind farms and solar to provide 40% of the power it needs to run that's the impressive. data centers yeah. in 2016. Amazon announced its commitment to get that down to 50% by the end of 2017. I'm assuming we can now look that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to 100%. Yeah, or yeah, this we'll is a very anachronistic... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> article. Yeah, can we use the heat yeah. generated by the servers as yeah. like a geothermal? Yeah, yeah. Can we do that? <laughs> to just can we heat water and that circular. is then used to create energy? To I want to see maybe could. Yeah, I mean, perpetual energy would machine. be yeah, there would the be problem. some loss <laughs> at some point, but I think yeah. uh, it could certainly help. But you know, the, the big thing for for us as consumers is that's going to help us with cost. Correct. Um, if if uh, if they can use less power than we would to do it ourselves, nice. uh, in addition to all the other benefits of the cloud, that uh, that should be a good thing for us. And I've seen that. I've seen my AWS account price go down, as and I'm I haven't like reduced it at any way. They're passing the savings on to you. They are. I'm getting it. Yeah, it's, it's like the it's like the Aldi for exactly. I think <laughs> it's because people services. Stop, people stop visiting your website. Yeah, well, I don't so. have a website. Well, there you go. You should get one. I'm hacking website. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> Pen tester. Ethically That's right. hacking. That's right. Ethically hacking websites. Ethically hacking. Moving white, on. White hat. <laughs> well, we talked about um, Office 365 and their new look. Uh, well, now we have Meet the New Gmail, now with disappearing messages. Uh, so Gmail, uh, if any of you use it, you've probably seen the little pop-up coming up saying, you want to try the new Gmail? Because it's I think it's kind of in a beta right now um, where it's not completely rolled out and because uh, you would have heard more outcry from everyone going, give me the old Gmail back until yeah. they get used to that one and um, would fight I think that's part that. of the service life cycle of, yeah. of anything I hate new. it. Wait, why'd you I take it away? I immediately yeah. hate this because yeah. it's new. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, and then I will hate it when you take that yes. away from me later. Yeah. But uh, but the cool thing in here, I, at first when I read this headline, I said, uh-oh, disappearing messages. Did they have some sort of problem where, hey, you got new Gmail, and now your messages are all gone? <laughs> but uh, it's actually a feature uh, where you can basically set something as um, – something that you don't want others to potentially see. Right. Um, so you can kind of set, uh, I don't know, it's the Snapchat of email. Yeah, it's, it's digital rights a, management. Expiration it date. It's, it's, it's some form of digital rights management to say, hey, you know, I'm able to say after X amount of time, this will disappear, it will be gone from the world. Yeah, of course, scroll, scroll down there. Yeah, there's an yeah. um, uh, image of yeah, that confidential oh, mode yeah. there. Excellent. So you can set it to say, uh, I want this to expire in a week yeah. or on this date. Um, even send a passcode. So, um, I mean, that's basically like you're giving them. You can the, go from one key. day to five years. I li- I kind of like that part of the feature because as an administrator, I've had to have the sit down talk with plenty of people and go, "You have a 12 gigabyte mailbox. Mm-hmm. What's up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how did you fill that? This is crazy. Let's start deleting spam and stuff because they were just putting everything in deleted items and treating it as like a archive folder. Well, I'm thinking of it more from the perspective of every time there's like a Supreme Court nominee, they'll say, <laughs> "Oh, well, he wrote this article back in 1974 where he said that yeah. the civil rights movement." And, and I'm like, things have I've changed. got yeah. things now that. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, let's go ahead and expire that in five years. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, that. yeah. That's let's, ser- let's put searchable. that to bed. <laughs> so, um, so that's a cool feature that uh, that we'll be able to use. There was one feature I didn't like about it though was how like it bumps, um, uh, what it deems important email to the top, but it, it did have a caveat which it does this per day, so it sees what email has come in for the day. Okay. It sees what it thinks is most important based off of your heuristics or whatever. And then bumps that to the top, hmm. so you always keep it kind of at the focus. I don't like my mail being messed with. I keep like a visual record in my mind. Yeah, that's my to-do list of that's where things are. And if you screw with it, I'm I'm gonna have a hard time. Like I didn't like it when um, Outlook did that with the conversations or whatever, mm-hmm. and it started grouping because I was like, no, how do you turn this off? Yeah, where where did that turn that this off go? now? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't clicked the button yet um, in Gmail to. Uh, to allow that new version, but I, I think I'll I'll go ahead and give it a shot. Other thing I, I did like back. though was that it is going to be doing uh, uh, a much more obvious. We think this is spam alert, mm. right? So it will be much larger and in your face. Like this is probably spam, and that's going to be very helpful because people are clicking on spam like it's like it's uh, sure. the greatest thing to do. Well, that's a better system than what or phishing. Our, I mean, I mean spam phishing, phishing emails. Phishing emails? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say that's a better system yeah. than our company uses here for um, for junk mail, where it basically just says every fifth message. I'm just going to yeah. say that's you junk mean, mail. You uh, mean, as Angie calls it, uh, inbox 2.0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always check, did inbox. you check your second inbox? Yeah, today? Because yeah that's I was going to check that. That's where your stuff is. So yeah. if you emailed us about the podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> it might be an inbox, It's junk too. mail, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to our security section uh, for this week. Our first um, 
great news uh, if you <laughs> if you have a car phone. Um, this one's on securityweek.com. 5.9 million card details accessed in Dixon's car phone hack. So I'm not in the UK. I no. know uh, you know several of our listeners are, but uh, apparently that's a company. Yeah. Uh, Dixon's and car they, phone. They take credit cards. A household name in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're if you're buying a car phone, or I'm sure they sell other products now, uh, you might have been hacked. And what's interesting to me is this is the first big one that I've read about since GDPR. And this yeah. is right there in the UK. So uh, I wonder, I mean, th- this is talking about a breach going back to July 2017. So it makes me wonder, are they liable for that stuff beforehand? So th- I think that is like the big conversation about this is there is data that was on there before GDPR. So do we find them according to GDPR? Do we find them according to the previous stipulations that were in act uh, at that time? And the difference is one of, let me see if I can find it. it it's uh, between, here we go, um, either 4% of its annual global revenue, here we go, uh, which would be 10.5 billion euros or $14 billion, or under the uh, Data Protection Act of 1998, the maximum fine would be six hundred and seventy. Yeah, they're like, let's do the first one. They're like, I like that. Well, why didn't they announce this on May 24th? <laughs> right before. <laughs> oh, we've been hacked, hacked, hacked. hacked. Yeah, it yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't know. How do they not know if it's been going on for well, a year? I mean, when you're a company that's very mm. large and you're trying, you got a large attack surface, it's it can be a daunting task. And this is why things like bug bounties and and uh, you know external penetration tests and doing rounds of vulnerability assessment are extremely important yeah, and that's... but hard to. Uh, to figure out and and do from time to time. So you, sometimes you get caught with your. Now they could just have been completely negligent and going, yeah, we're good. Ah, what? Okay. And they didn't see the indicators of compromise or the the attack that was happening. I don't know if they technically got compromised. Yeah. It's possible. I think it says the big, that these the big things. Question happen. is, people in the UK are spending fourteen billion dollars on 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 car phones. So they're not it's, yeah. <laughs> the the, com, the wow. it's a merger between two different companies, Dixon's uh, Electronics or something, and something car phones. They became Dixon <laughs> car phone. Now in my mind they what sell marketer was car like, phones. Yeah. It was like, oh you need a bag phone? Right here. <laughs> the phones that are physically attached <laughs> That's right. to the car. In the car in and the have console. a cable and a little antenna. You know on the what roof though? The car. Great reception. Amazing reception. Amazing because they, they use the it's all about power. Yeah. And when the car and when the phone is actually plugged into the car's <laughs> see power those, source, those bars go there's up. nowhere you can go in the world at this point where that would not get service. Yeah. It's like basically <laughs> you have a sat phone. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, our next um, place that is giving all your information away, uh, <laughs> this one on bleepingcomputer.com, uh, firmware vulnerabilities disclosed in super micro server products. Uh, so... This is not my credit card, then, right? No, this is I hope not. Just, just all the data on my uh, on my super micro server. Yeah, if you got, apparently, if you've got a super micro server, you might be vulnerable to it. Yeah, I'm using that for uh, my. Oh, I've got two out, of them. Yeah, because I got rid of the Intel. Great deal. When it was overclocked. It. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I picked one of these up while we were chatting. So it says the malware can modify descriptor region settings. The first of the flaws uncovered by. Eclipsium researchers is not an actual vulnerability in the firmware's code, but in the configuration of some supermicro products. So that's an important distinction that this isn't this isn't a problem with the firmware, but a problem in how you might be setting it up. Hmm. Right. So if you do a configuration in a certain way, then you would be open to a, a vulnerability or a threat. Right, so, so reboot your super micro yeah. server. Yeah, hit the default button. <laughs> go back, do it the right way next time. Right. Eclipsium sounds like a cryptocurrency it too, does, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. how much Eclipsium do you have? <laughs> I've mined a bunch today. Yeah. Uh, if great. I could just get that overclocked, <laughs> yeah, twenty-eight core. Oh, and I read something. Gigahertz. This is unrelated completely, but that uh, iOS is going to or, or has said in uh, in the App Store that there will there will be no crypto mining apps. apps so you can't you can't mine on your phone which is great because your phone would explode <laughs> i think from the, why is it so hot in my pocket oh i'm i'm mining eclipsium yeah uh, <laughs> this is all made up by the way yeah. there is no such thing as eclipsium no there is buy it for well, me yeah yeah peter will sell it to you I'm, cheap i'm doing a initial yeah. coin offering that's right for eclipsium very soon uh, all right. Anything more on that one before I move on to the next um, one? Are you good? 
no firmware authentication. Eh, I think it's all right. If, if you have uh, super micro uh, servers, you probably want to check this out a little further. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I bought mine at uh, Dixon's Carphone uh, recently. <laughs> Great deal. Yeah. He used Eclipsium to buy it. It was $14 billion. <laughs> yeah. A $14 billion Eclipsium. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that, which is like nothing. Yeah. Um, all right. Our next one, I, I love the names that they give. Uh, you know, I, I want to be the guy that gets to name the next malware or whatever, but uh, the zip slip vulnerability, uh, first of all, that's the headline of this yeah, article. Zip slip. zip slip vulnerability. Yeah. So uh, zip slip it's is on a, TMZ. a widespread <laughs> arbitrary file of right critical vulnerability. Uh, so explain this to me. This is uh, I shouldn't zip things anymore. Or no, them? It, it's not that you shouldn't zip them. Zipping is fine. It's a dandy little item that we all love and enjoy to keep uh, archive stuff down to uh, minimum file size until we need it and we expand it so we can see the files inside the zip. The problem comes in uh, with this. This is actually not a new thing. This is something that's been around before. It'll probably be around again because all, 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 what is it, all things old are new again kind of thing that's it's mm -hmm. happening nowadays. But basically what's happening is is if you are not inside of uh, like a web app or, or a program that you're creating, if you're not checking to make sure that the path that is being used to unzip files is controlled – then you might be vulnerable to this type of attack. And what's happening is you can put in a bunch of... So there's something called directory traversal, which is where you're able to basically go through the file the, the file directory, back from wherever you're at to the root, and then travel down to another uh, area of the file system. You do this by adding a bunch of dots and slashes. So if you see dot, dot, slash, dot, dot, slash, dot, dot, slash, you might be familiar with this if you've ever been in the command line at all where you, you say cd dot, dot, slash, and it backs you up. I have not been okay. in the command line. So this will, when I say backs you up, it means <laughs> it takes you up one level. So if I'm in C users D Lowry and I do cd dot, dot, slash, it will take me to C users. And if I do cd dot, dot, slash again, take me back to the root. Well, if you do enough of these dot, dot, slashes, obviously it will take you to the root of the system. And then from there, you can say, well, take me to this area of the file system. That's what I say. So you, you, you put that out. So if I wanted to go into uh, System32. I'm going to go into Windows, System32, and then whatever the file is. So therein lies the danger. So what is happening is these boundaries aren't being checked, and therefore people are able to craft specific payloads to say, yeah, get out of that file and create a file or the directory that I'm unzipping these files to and create a file in another area of the system. And it's exploit code. Yeah, it's just, I'm going to put that there. And then I want you to run that. So this is the danger of this zip slip utility. Um, you can read the article. It's, it's very um, easy to follow and will uh, give you a lot of great information about it and how it works. There's even a technical white paper. So if you want to get really super techy on it, you can. Uh, they do a great job with that. Shows you the flow and how this works. Here you are, you're seeing all these dot, dot, slash, down to temp slash evil.sh, which would be your exploits. And then you fire it off. And you see file F equals new file, telling what destination. And you see this is truncated in some way. It's uh, not uh, checking the exact path that it should be following, leading them open to the problem there. So if you have a web app and you and use some sort of unzipping utility for whatever reason, you might want to go in there and make sure all your paths are verified and uh, checked in a, and to be specifically what you want them to be so that these people can't work around. A, a bad actor couldn't work around it using the zip slip type of vulnerability. Well, I had a couple of questions to ask you there, but you, you covered them as oh. you went on. So well done. Hey. Well done. How about that? Uh, so let's move on now to uh, our next slightly political story, and I will see if I can get Daniel to bite. Uh, so this one from the failing New York Times. Uh, sorry. I don't want death threats so over net neutrality. Okay, Apple to close iPhone security hole that law enforcement uses to crack devices. So this kind of uh, goes way back to I think the San Bernardino uh, case where uh, there was the, the fight in in courts of. Um, the FBI telling Apple, right. you need to uh, crack this phone for us, and them saying no. And, and um, while they were fighting this out, uh, the FBI said, you know what, never mind, we don't need you anymore. We found someone who can crack it. And then this, uh, this tool that they use to crack the device uh, apparently has kind of become more uh, and more available to different law enforcement. And so now Apple is saying, all right, we're patching that that hole, essentially, hmm. uh, in our next release, and, uh, and you can't get in anymore. So... Um, 
Daniel, what do you think about that? I think it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I understand like Apple wanting to say, we're keeping our users' data private. But if your user is involved in known criminal activity, I think that at that point they probably forfeit their right to privacy, which is why prisoners don't have a right to privacy because sure. they've done an illegal act and therefore have forfeited those certain rights. Um, this is why we have like subpoenas and warrants. Well, and Daniel, this this is an international company. It is what's an illegal in in Saudi Arabia. But it goes back to like the GDPR thing. Sure. Right. So if you are a company in the U.S. and you have a user base that's in the EU, then you have to be GDPR compliant. Mm -hmm. We do business in your in your scope of of law. If you're doing business in our scope of law, you have to conform to those practices. Otherwise, don't do business with us. Yeah. Right. And some people with GDPR have opted to do that and say, I just won't um, open my borders yeah, up to. I'll, I'll close to the off EU. my site to the EU. Exactly. Yeah. Until I can better handle being able to work in that environment. If I can't, then I just won't until I can. And it seems like that would be the case here. We have criminal activity that's happening. I don't, I, I get it. They're saying that like big brothers out there and are watching, they just want every way they can to get in. Um, but there should I be checks and balances checks in there. Exactly. But I think my, my worry, um, uh, though, probable cause has to yeah. be coming to play. Sure. Yeah. My my worry is if if the FBI, if if um, if law enforcement has a tool that they can use to get into into it. iPhones, not that they'll abuse it, but if they've got that tool, somebody else has that tool as well, and whether it you know is leaked out from there or or other bad actors, it's uh, a tangled get their hands web we weave because because you're absolutely right, and this has happened where the um, NSA had all these cool zero day exploits or whatever that they had a whole file or it was a CIA. I can't remember if it was NSA or CIA, but it got leaked. Yeah. And now those are being used in, mm -hmm. in, in campaigns right now uh, for bad actors. Right. So I, it's a total concern. You have to bring that in the case. It's, it's a sticky situation. I think that if, I mean, if we had better security around uh, com you know, I say companies, organizations like the NSA, CIA, FBI, and stuff like that. Um, even though they, everybody's trying to do their best they can. I mean, we see we saw China just got a hold of some Navy specifications by hacking a DoD um, uh, subcontractor, mm -hmm. right? So they're they're finding ways to get in because there's a lot more lax security. So it is a real um, concern that Peter has to say. Yeah, the uh, NSA is going to keep it under lock and key, but the guy that's watching it leaves the key on the hook, sure. you yeah. know, and walks away from the door. So there, there is that concern. I mean, uh, th we, we this have is going to end up crying. It's a tough yeah. situation. Yeah, this is going to end up in the Supreme Court. Yeah, someday. and it's going to end up siding yeah. with the federal government. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it will, it'll be interesting to see because yeah. next time something happens where they need to get in. This uh, and and they can't now right. because the tool they used last time doesn't work. Correct. We're going to see this go all the way up, and and it's going to be a, and, an interesting. And don't battle. get me wrong, they are straight up right now as we speak trying to find another way sure. to get into modern phones, which they will do eventually. They won't tell us about that because that would violate the whole idea of keeping that a secret. Yeah. Um. So it's stealing our retinas. We all know yeah, that's what it is. Come out. We're here for your eyeball. Yeah, we're, we're taking a photo of yeah. your eyeball. Perfect. Don't mind us. Thank you, sir. And they could take a photo of the eyeball with our next story here yeah. from Ars Technica. Uh, this is a new phone. Uh, the Vivo uh, will actually sell, uh, or Vivo is the company, I'm sorry, will actually sell a smartphone with a pop-up front camera. And to How me, cool is that? that's pretty cool uh, because you think about, you know, I was thinking about it from a security standpoint. I've got one of these little webcam covers on my computer, and I know some people actually, you know, put the um, the tape or whatever on yeah. their on their phone for the front facing camera or or both. Um, this kind of eliminates that, and it also gets rid of that little notch uh, that's on the new iPhones where you well you've still got the speaker there, but they could put that on the top probably. Yeah. But uh, you know, you've got the camera down there and that little notch on the front, so. Um, this is a, a way to hide that away and get more screen and uh, yeah. And I mean, look at that edge to edge, function. man. That yeah. is that is sweetness right That's there. That's pretty. That's nice because uh, you don't have to notch it out right here, like on my Samsung. Like yeah. basically, you know, about from here to here is is not screen. Yeah, I've got the, the you know the iPhone X now that has the little you know yeah. pop down in the top there. But yeah, uh, yeah it's and it's mechanical too. It's not like. I don't think it's spring loaded. I think it kind of like oh really, you got like gears or something inside. Like of it. like a Mazda Miata. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, anyway, that would be super awesome. 
Yeah. Well, what worries me about this is uh, it makes it more difficult for me to um, uh, secretly take photos of you, yes. Daniel, from yes. across the room. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I see your cameras up, buddy. What are you doing? I know what you're what onto. What are you doing? Yeah, but it would help me with a guy, Chris, on our team that uh, likes to put everything we do on Snapchat. Oh. So uh, now I'll know he's filming. Yeah. If he gets, I'm going to buy him Terrible. a Vivo. Yeah, you uh, should. It's only seven hundred bucks. It's next. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will just be on Snapchat all the time against my. That's right. Uh, my better judgment. That's right. Well, uh, let's get to our last story of the day. Our our fun little story that we want to talk about. It's Father's Day, and Father's Day is uh, is this weekend uh, or this past weekend, depending on when you're listening uh, to the Technado here. Dad builds death trap. Dad, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Dad kills son. Uh, mad scientist Dad just won uh, Father's Day by building his son a jet powered scooter, which. To me, is against Father's Day that the son should be building the dad a jet-powered scooter. That's right. Uh, but regardless, uh, this dad made a really cool little thing. And, and what's neat about this article is uh, there's a video down there where, where he really gets into a how-to. Um, so if you have a 3D printer <laughs> yeah, and an unlimited budget, uh, you too. And uh, are good at computer-aided drafting. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> And and you don't care about the well being of your children. Yeah, you Where's that kid's helmet? This scooter. So, uh, so I know you you've got a couple little ones there. So I do. Uh, I do. Uh, you, you big big Father's Day plans? Uh, I'm gonna have steak. Oh, I like that. I love a prime rib. But this is not like the not kids are going to cook the steak and bring you uh, breakfast in bed. No, I dad. think actually I probably am cooking it myself. Okay, good. But. Yeah. You're like Father's Day is I need you guys to go in another room yeah, and, and just I'm going to come out. I'm going to eat this steak in yeah. silence. That sounds nice. It's, yeah, my daughter and I did uh, we did Father's Day last weekend cuz she's uh she's uh, doing a trip um, oh, this weekend, that's cool. but it was fun. We went to a, a baseball game and yeah. and did that whole thing. So that was a good time. But uh yeah, uh congratulations. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Yes. And and uh, yeah, check out this article on Gizmodo and and uh, and build yourself a, a uh, ten thousand three D printer and yeah, and eight grand while you're at it, three D print a helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're just saying because I don't think the kid's wearing one in yeah. this in this video. Which I'm thinking maybe it's like you know when you watch cars in a, like a high not, speed yeah. chase on TV and he's really doing like half a mile an hour. <laughs> yeah, you could have sped this <laughs> up. Just sped it up. Yeah. I see the wind in his hair. Yeah, Ooh. and the excitement on his face. He's he's moving. Why is he holding that broken bag of glass? <laughs> <laughs> it's a prism. <laughs> it teaches about light refraction. Yeah. It is dead. That's great. Yeah. SNL. Fun. Well, thank you so much uh, for watching the Technado here today. And if you like what you saw, please uh, leave a comment, uh, leave a review, share it with your friends. Really appreciate if you do that. If you didn't like it, uh, keep that to yourself, as always. And uh, if you uh, uh, if you can, if you'd be so nice as to uh, take a look at our sponsor, IT Pro TV, uh, we have a coupon code uh, podcast thirty. You can get thirty percent off your subscription to IT Pro TV and um, learn all about everything IT and, and be as as knowledgeable as Mr. Daniel Lowry here. Um, I am the before, <laughs> and that is the after. So I should really go watch uh, a few of the IT Pro TV courses. And, and pick all that up. But yeah. uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. And uh, any closing thoughts there, buddy? Wear a helmet. Wear a helmet. And we'll have Don back next week. Uh, I don't know if that's good news or bad news. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be jet lag. It's news. <laughs> uh, it's news for you. So uh, we'll see you all then, and happy Father's Day, everybody. <laughs>